0: Hey, what's up, church family? I am Tasha. I'm our network kids pastor here at New Life Church, and I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Brian, our online campus pastor, for inviting me to speak to you guys this evening. I really believe God gave us a word tonight, just as much for me as it is for you. I know that God's going to speak to you wherever you're at. So if you're joining us tonight from work or from home, or you're just having a night to yourself, maybe you're with your family. Whatever you got going on, I know that god is going to speak to you so let me just open up with a word of prayer God, thank you so much for your words. Thank you, God, that you never fall silent. Thank you, God, that you always have something to share with us, to help us to grow, maybe to challenge us, maybe to even convict us, God. And so I pray that you would speak to the hearts and the minds that are listening this evening, God, that you would continue to speak to my heart, speak in and through me, God, and help us to be changed after tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanna start with a story i remember going away for a few days in sixth grade to nature camp now i don't know about you but i'm a big big nature person i like swimming in the the blue waters of my parents chlorinated pool um you know i I really like experiencing the the full effects of a big thunderstorm from the cozy corner of a coffee shop and oh but I, i love picking berries from the clear plastic containers at my grocery store. So I'm not a nature person at all, I got you, in case you haven't noticed, but I was excited as a sixth grader because all my friends wanted to go. So naturally I asked my parents, can you sign this form? And they sent me away to nature camp and I was excited for it the moment i got there though i realized i made a big mistake the sheer amount of mosquitoes that i was welcomed by the moment i got off the bus was enough for me to want to turn back but when the buff and overly suntanned female ranger came jauntering over to explain to us that the leeches in the lake and the rats in the cabins and uh, oh the bears in the woods would be our friends for the next week i was contemplating whether my little sixth grade legs could reach the pedals of the bus to get myself out of that hell hole y'all know what i'm talking about so but one activity for the week that really stuck out to me was our final night and it was called the night walk and our counselors who were awful, by the way, were like hyping this activity up the whole week. They were like, oh, you like that? Wait till the night walk. But then they would kind of like look at each other and like laugh. And it was like, I don't know whether to be excited or freaked out about this. So I didn't sleep at all the whole week, just worried about this night walk. I had no idea what it was, but let me tell you about it. So all of us little nine-year-olds stood in a long single file line and there was a ton of us from different elementary schools all over and what they would do is they took us into the dark woods the rangers let us out by the way what type of waiver did my mom have to sign to allow us to do this right like this traumatizing reckless endangerment of children i don't know anyways you can tell i've gotten over it though One at a time, probably every 50 feet or so, but it felt like a mile apart, they would have the kid at the front of the line sit down on the ground, just right on the path. And then the line would continue moving forward and leave this one child sitting there all by themselves in the pitch black of night. I remember how scared I was when I realized there was nobody else in front of me anymore. And you can only go by feeling and sounds, right? It was completely pitch black. But I knew I was next. So the rangers like, have a seat. And then they kept moving forward. And to this day, I still remember the sounds of the footsteps of the line just getting further and further away from me. And what we were told to do before we ever left was to sit there and observe. So we were to think about, you know, what we heard, what we saw, what we smelled. And that sure, the line would be back shortly to pick us up. Well, I have a couple of literal near-death experiences in my life. And then, of course, the normal scary stuff that we've probably all experienced but when i tell you this was the scariest thing i have ever done i'm not joking i remember hearing animals seeing shadows in the dim moonlight i remember feeling bugs land on me in every direction i'm pretty sure i felt a bat just like fly through my hair and keep it was crazy and i was wondering truly if i was going to survive this night walk This was almost 20 years ago, and I can still look back and say, that was my scariest moment. So when I read the verse I'm about to read to you from John, it brought me right back to that place of fear, just sitting there all alone in the dark. It's from John chapter 11, verse 10, and it says this, but if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the darkness, but I also want to talk to you about the light. See, when we look over our life and the impact that we've had on the people around us, we can identify different seasons where we've walked in the light and we've walked in the darkness. Maybe you're thinking of the dark season of your life when, you know, you were at... The, the worst part of your addiction and it felt like you would never find your way out of it. Or, or maybe the bright season of when you first met Jesus and how amazing that felt that everything was just brought out into the light and you were able to see things from a different perspective. Or maybe that season turned dark again when you lost a loved one and you were deep in depression and, and anxiety And then maybe it turned light again when you realized that you had been forgiven for something that you had been ashamed of for years. And if you think you haven't experienced a dark season since meeting Jesus, if you're one of those people, oh, I've got Jesus, I don't have any darkness, then you might need to reevaluate what your life has looked like over the last few years or months or however long you've known Jesus and do some soul searching and try to think of the decisions that you've made and the emotions that you felt. Because dark times aren't just for when you've chosen the wrong path. And they aren't just for those times when, you know, something happened to you and you fell victim to a circumstance. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. And in those dark seasons, there are three things that I really pray that you'll remember and write these down as you fight your way back to the light again. So, number one, darkness might surround us but it doesn't have to consume us jesus said in this world you will have trouble and that means that seasons of darkness in our lives are inevitable it doesn't always mean that you did something wrong oftentimes it's just a reminder that we live in a fallen world and that bad things happen to good people because of sin but let's read John chapter eight, verse 12. It says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I've had it explained to me like this in kids' church growing up. um, And I think it paints a really good picture even for us adults. When you walk into a room with a flashlight, the darkness might still be in the room right but it's never going to consume the light that you're shining you're always going to see the light no matter how dark the room is that doesn't mean that the light is always big enough to illuminate the entire room but you can see your next steps. You can light your own path by holding that flashlight. And so you're gonna feel more confident in the light, you're gonna feel less fear in the light, and you're gonna be able to keep moving forward without stumbling. So although the darkness surrounds us, which means we are in the middle of a dark season in our lives, how do we ensure that it doesn't consume us? How do we stay in the light where we can see? Well, there's two things. The first one is focus on the light. I'm talking about the capital L light and that's Jesus. Jesus said he is the light. And so if he's guiding us on this dark journey and only lighting the few steps ahead of us, then we need to trust his leading. Chances are there's a reason he's not lighting up too far ahead. He wants us to trust Him and have faith in Him and focus on Him instead of all of the darkness that's around us. So keep your eyes focused on the light. The next thing is keep moving. You know, once we've grown close enough to God that we know He's leading us, we have to keep moving but I can't tell you how many times in my life I've asked for guidance. I've asked for God to light my path and to show me the way. And then when I get a clear answer, I still question him. I'm like, was that you or was that me? Was that somebody else talking to me? I don't really know if my own thoughts are interfering with this. And I question him. And that's why our relationship with Jesus has to be so strong that when the Holy Spirit guides us, we know it's him without a shadow of a doubt. And we know that we're being led by him. So focus on the light and keep moving. Now for number one, I've got a journal question that I'd like you to write down and answer. And you can answer these questions either while we're talking tonight or at the end of this message, just go back through and answer them on your own. But I really want you to write these down, do some meditating and praying and and really looking inward. And so the question for number one is this, what is the very first action I can take to keep moving forward? And then number two, the second thing that we must remember when we find ourselves in the dark season is darkness might distract us, but it doesn't have to tempt us. So there are some things in life that I think we can all agree we just prefer not to see. I'm gonna be honest, I learned at a very young age that I do not want to step on the scale the day after Thanksgiving. I'd rather not see that number. There are some restaurants that we all know and love and we appreciate the cooking and it's amazing, but you watch one episode of Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay and you're like, I don't really wanna see the back kitchen. I just wanna sit here in my ignorant bliss and eat my food and think that it was made in a totally clean kitchen. And so maybe yours is more serious. Maybe what you don't wanna see is a little bit more intense. Like maybe you've been refusing to see the doctor because you don't want to see the official diagnosis. Or maybe you've been refusing to go with your spouse to counseling because you'd rather not talk about how bad things really are. Or maybe you ignore the overdraft fees and, and never check your bank account because you don't want a, a reminder of the, the thousands of dollars of debt that you've racked up. See, when we're in the dark, we don't see anything. We don't see the truth. We don't see a lie. We see nothing. When we bring something into the light, it exposes it for what it is. We see it right there in front of us. And if we see it right there in front of us, it means we have to address it. And when we have to address it, it means we have to put the work in. I think oftentimes we feel safer in the darkness knowing that we don't have to put the work in. Ephesians 5 verses 11 through 14 says this, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, Rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. See, sometimes the darkness is scary, but sometimes the darkness is a security blanket. And if we want to live in the light, if we want to see things for what they truly are, we're going to have to let others see it too. And that can be the hardest part. It's time to address the elephant in the room. So my question for number two that I'd like you to write down and journal about is this. What relationship struggle, health scare, financial issue, or repeated sin do I need to address? I'll say it one more time. What relationship struggle, health scare, financial issue, or repeated sin do I need to address? I hope that you'll think about that this evening. Let's move on to number three. Darkness might affect us, but it doesn't have to define us so you made a bad decision you hurt people you ruined a perfectly good relationship you've been forgiven so you didn't take care of yourself you sought after food or drugs or alcohol to numb the pain and now your body is falling apart you've been forgiven so you blew your savings you had some fun, you missed a bill here or there, and now collections is after you, and you're on the brink of bankruptcy. You've been forgiven. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. He loved you before you messed up. He loved you while you were in the thick of it, just messing up, just sin after sin after sin, bad mistake after bad mistake, knowing that you were in the wrong, and he still loves you now after you've messed up. Your sin doesn't take away from his sovereignty. Church, your failure doesn't take away from his forgiveness and your pain does not take away from his purpose. And if we continue to go through life wallowing in self-pity and hanging our head in shame and continually repeating story after story of all the times that we've messed up we don't look humble like i think sometimes we feel we do right like you kind of want to one up the person next to you when you're talking about oh you did that well wait till you hear the story of what i did wrong and it's almost like this kind of like like messed up way of trying to sound humble. Church, I just wanna encourage you not to focus on that anymore. You're turning that into, you're taking it from a decision that you've made to what is now defining who you are. And that is just so opposite of the biblical method of what we should do. We should be praising ourselves for who we are in Jesus. We should be forgiving ourselves. But sometimes we're stuck. And not only are we stuck, we're choosing to allow our past to define who we are now. So my goal for us in this season of our lives, starting tonight, is to stand boldly in the forgiveness that Jesus offers us and to walk in the light. He's forgiven you. When are you gonna forgive yourself? So your final journal question is this, is there something I need to forgive myself for? As I wrap up tonight, I want to pray for you. But what I really want you to do is respond to whatever God is speaking to you tonight. So here's my challenge to you before we pray. We had three points. Whichever point resonated with you the most, whichever one stuck out to you the most that you want to cling to, because you know that God is speaking to you tonight, make that your focus for the next week. So we're gonna take these three points and you're gonna make it a phrase and I want you to put it in the comments. Let's make it public. So it might look like this. If number one really stuck with you, I want you to put in the comments, the darkness won't consume me. If it was number two, I want you to boldly put, the darkness won't tempt me. And if it was number three, then bravely write in the comments, the darkness won't define me. Put that right down in the comments right now so that I can see it and I can be praying for you and for whoever else is joining us this evening, that they not only can be praying for you and encouraging you, but that you just might encourage somebody else to take the next step in their faith walk as well and to turn from the darkness back into the light. So make a public declaration right now and let me pray for you. God, thank you. Thank you for the dark seasons of our lives and thank you for the light that we always get to return to, God. I thank you for the darkness because we never really fully grasp how amazing your love is until we've experienced those dark moments, God. So first, I pray specifically for those who are in a dark season where they are the victim of their circumstance. God, whether it's um, depression, whether it's um, abuse that they've experienced and, and the memories and trauma that is coming back up because of that whether it is they've been laid off from work or whether it's um, a relationship and the other person is struggling to meet them in the middle where they're at, whatever it may be, God, I just pray that you would comfort them, Jesus, that you would remind them, God, that you are surrounding them with your love and that they will not be consumed by the darkness. And I pray, God, that they would keep their eyes fixed on you. Secondly, I pray for those who know that it's been by their own choice that they are living in the dark right now. Through sin, God, through the decisions that they've made. I just pray, God, that whether it's a new sin or a sin that they've been dealing with for years, God, I pray that you would release them from the grip of the enemy in Jesus' name. We bind up the enemy and we rebuke the evil one so that, Jesus, they can be filled with strength and boldness and encouragement to walk away from whatever temptations are causing them harm, God, and keeping them in the dark. I pray, God, that they would have boldness to be able to bring this out into the light. That they would be honest with their spouse or with their children or with their family members, with their bosses, whoever they need to come clean to, God. Would you make that clear to them, Jesus? Would you convict them like you always do, God? Show them the right way, God. And then when they experience forgiveness, not if, but when they know that they've been forgiven by you, God, may they never return to their old ways. God, would you just bless my church family? Whatever they're going through, would you heal their bodies, their hearts, their minds? Would you strengthen them tonight, Lord? And thank you once again for speaking to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, church. And again, Pastor Brian, thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to see you guys again. And I look forward to reading all of your comments of these public declarations that you've made. I love you, church. God bless you. Good night.